This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of shaved Oscar the Grouch to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the argument from too much evidence. Yeah. Because it's a multiple of A multiple 11. of 11. Much to your chagrin, 132 is a multiple of 11. I know. Whether it's, you like it or not. It should be 133. <laughs> Shouldn't it? Yeah. And in the multiples 11, we do ones that I have identified slash made up. And yeah. <laughs> this one is based yeah. largely around our first example. Right. Which unusually doesn't come from Trump, but is very much Trump adjacent. Mm-hmm. Because this is from Candace Taylor, uh-huh. who you may remember, we've talked about her before. She is the Jesus Guns Babies lady. Yeah. Yeah, who Jesus comes, baby lady. Yeah, yeah, she ran for governor of Georgia, which she dramatically lost, like heroically lost. She <laughs> she got, I think, three point seven percent of the vote, right? And the winner got seventy three percent of wow. the vote, and she didn't concede. She said it was rigged. Nice, yeah, <laughs> yeah, excellent. So yeah, that's her. That's how Trump she is. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And she has a podcast. Right. And she is an idiot. Right. Um, so those two things came together. Yeah. When she interviewed a couple of flat earthers. Uh-huh. And said this. I can't unsee this. All the globes everywhere. I turn on TV. There's globes in the background. There's globes on there right here. Like this would be a globe if I was a normal person. Like everywhere there's globes. You see them all the time. I mean, it's constant. My children will be like, mama, globe, 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 globe. They're everywhere. And that's what they do to brainwash. And so for me, if it is not a conspiracy, if it is, you know, real, why are you pushing so hard Everywhere I go, every store, you buy a globe. There's globes everywhere. Every movie, every TV show, news media, why? <laughs> so that, so instead of, because she's not a normal person. No, no, if she, she, had a, if she was a normal person, she'd paper. have a globe. She's yeah, got like yeah. a plant or something behind her. But yeah. that would be a globe or, if she was a normal or person. Or a map. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which would be flat. Yeah. Which you globe. also see in the back of. Yeah, but no globes are everywhere. That every Uh, shop you go in, you have to buy a globe. Um, (laughs) All movies and TV shows have globes, and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, constantly her children are like, "Mama, globe, 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 globe." Yeah, (laughs) and uh, yeah, so that that is what this fallacy is all about. It is when someone looks at evidence that is so strongly in one direction that is so overwhelming in favour of one thing and yeah. thinks that's suspicious that's somehow proof 
of the opposite of that thing. Of the opposite. <laughs> it's kind of the logical fallacy version of me thinks she doth protest yeah. too much. Yeah. Isn't it? If you, so, yeah, if you kind of, you just go, hello, that's a bit suspicious. <laughs> All we've got, all yeah. we've got are globes. If if it wasn't a conspiracy, why, why? are there yeah, so, why many so many globes? Glo- why, why that's globes? brilliant. And, the, you know, yeah. obviously, maybe because it's a representation of what the world is. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah. But no, yeah. no, it must be, they're brainwashing you. If she went to Sanford... Sanford Map Shop in Covent Garden, <laughs> next door to where we used to work, uh-huh. there would be nothing but flat ones. Flat, yeah, but flat, they flat, are flat, flat, flat. They, they are representations, unless, except for the shitty Still ones flat. that flat yeah. earthers push. The, those, the, you know, yeah. ev- everyone yeah, there's nothing, Admittedly, there's nothing on the underside of it. Yeah. yeah. There's no, like, turtle holding it up. I was going to say everyone knows that those are projections of a globe, but I don't want to assume mm. too much of Candice. Yeah. I should say yeah. Dr. Candice Taylor. Was she a doctor of? She is, she's, a do- <laughs> she's a doctor of um, of counselling. Oh, okay. Uh, because because although on, on her uh, website she says that she is an uh, an educator... In fact, she mm. is a uh, she's a counsellor in a primary school, like for third grade kids. She did right. has apparently done some third grade teaching, but is not. Right. I am happy to say, currently an an actual educator of but anyone. She, yeah, God, yeah, she's been struck off. Yeah, but what qualifies her as a doctor? Oh, she did not... a whole degree at a Christian university. Oh, okay, a doctor's yeah, degree, one that was set up by Pat Robertson. Uh, ah, yeah, that's worth globe is written absolutely on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it wasn't in advanced geology or... <laughs> no 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 so wow that led me to think i mean this is mad and i don't and it it isn't i don't think covered by any current fallacies so it's right. the argument from too much evidence and so yeah. to, to back that up because it's no you don't name a fallacy if there's only one example no because the, the point of having names is is because they are things that come up repeatedly yeah and it's worth and referring to it. and saying yes yeah. exactly yeah. yeah 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 so last time we talked about dinesh d'souza in 2000 mules this is another dinesh d'souza thing but this is a tweet so it's nothing right. to do with 2000 mules or election integrity it's about questioning covid he said If there's a life-threatening pandemic and people are dying all around us, we wouldn't need a huge apparatus of government and media to constantly remind us about it. If vaccines worked well, we wouldn't need a massive coordinated push to implore and coerce people to get one. So what he's saying is the the fact that the media keeps going on about COVID and the fact that people say you should get a vaccine all the time about this disease that is ravaging society... Is proof there isn't one that it doesn't exist, and and simultaneously the vaccines yeah. don't work against the non-existent disease. Yeah, well they wouldn't because it doesn't exist. I mean, so. arguably they would work perfectly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everyone yeah. who got a vaccine wouldn't yeah. get the disease. Exactly, because you could, and you could make. Oh, we could make a fortune. <laughs> uh, all you need is distilled water, wouldn't you? You'd probably do uh, sailing. Yeah, yeah, that would be safer, wouldn't it? Not air or anything. But I was thinking we wouldn't even need to do that because you could save people that horrible bit of seeing the syringe and just say, well, I'm going to put it in the back of your shoulder. So if you'd like to look the other way, and then all you do is prick them with a pin. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't even need to get any 
saline or distilled water or anything. No, like that. or no. even syringes. No, just get yeah. a pen, wipe it off, <laughs> stick it in someone else. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could start some sort of you know streptococcal uh-huh. pandemic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then and then we would just keep quiet about it, which would mean that it existed. Ah, exactly. You see. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's how you know. The only way you would know if there was a pandemic is if yeah. bodies just started piling up piling around up. your house. Yeah. That otherwise, yeah. you know, otherwise it's clearly a fake because you because yeah. you would just know. You wouldn't need anyone to tell you. No, that's what he's saying. Fact, the more the fact they people told telling you, me and means the more it's people true. told you would think well there's yeah. got to be something dodgy about that then because they wouldn't need to constantly ram it down our throats yeah but imagine if it existed imagine yeah. if the bodies did start piling up outside and all, and everyone you met says yeah. i mean these bloody bodies what what are they gonna are they gonna <laughs> take well what are they because every person all the people telling you about the bodies would make you think oh, they they must be fake bodies yeah because <laughs> otherwise people yeah. wouldn't need to yeah. keep talking about them if they were real. Yes, if they were real, yes. <laughs> so I hope you're beginning to see the flaws in this argument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dinesh. It's kind of the opposite of the one that we did last time, isn't it? That's why I, I kind of put these two yeah. together, is because I thought the, the, the countless counterfeit one that we did last time yeah. is about a large amount of bad evidence mm. and, and using that large ba- amount of bad evidence as proof that, as evidence. that the as thing proof. it's supposedly supporting... Yeah. Is is supported therefore by by evidence? Yeah, this one is looking at a large amount of good evidence yeah. and saying, well, "I don't trust that." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I trust the hundred and twenty three pages of bullshit affidavits, but but globes, right. that's a bit <laughs> right. suspicious. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So so it only <laughs> it only applies to those thing those things that the mad in their mind think. <laughs> other people think are true yeah it's them fight against the mainstream narrative that's the thing yeah yeah it's whatever is the story that is told by the establishment yes whatever it is that's not true it's only the people who have the secret information ah yes of course yeah that, that know so, more like some, about they've been it. letting on this stuff like candace yeah, that, that have done their own research those people. yeah <laughs> those people yeah that yeah. have done the research yeah that aren't sheeple all the evidence yes. they have not suspicious at all. Not, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you can't apply this argument. You can't apply this proof, um, this causal connection. You can't apply that to their evidence because they've got the secret knowledge and theirs is Absolutely. right. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. only apply it to the other one in order to reveal that we're all duped by the mainstream media. Exactly, you got mainstream it. Mainstream opinion. You're being brainwashed. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And. Now is the time, I think, for Marx's British politics. Corner. Well, I'm going to take you back to the heady days of before Brexit, because it did occur to me that, and we'll probably touch on that in the second example, that the entirety of Brexit is based on this stuff. There's like loads of evidence. It'll all be absolutely fabulous. And then, and then <laughs> half of the people that aren't in on that particular side of thought are just, are just thinking... Yeah, you're saying that, and there's lots of things. So I'm beginning to think that it's not <laughs> going to not going to be quite the way that you're talking about it. Far be it from me to say they're absolutely right. The example is Boris, good old Boris. 
from June 2019, but before the leadership election to replace Theresa May, remember Theresa May, what, what's that, six leaders ago now? <laughs> he was promising to get the UK out of the EU by th- the 31st of October. And, and he, and I've titled this clip, Boris promises to pull out nine times. (laughs) We are all basically staring down the barrel of electoral extinction unless we get this thing over the line. October the 31st is eminently feasible. To come out on October the... the 31st. 31st, correct. Come come what may. Come what may. Do or die. Do or die. Come what may. And come out of the EU on October the 31st. No ifs or buts. I'd rather be dead in a ditch. So you would resign first, Prime Minister, rather than go and ask for that delay? I, I, look, I, I, I see no point whatever in staying on in the EU beyond October the 31st, and we're going to come out. We will respect the law, yep. and we will come out on October the 31st. That is why we are coming out of the EU on October the 31st, come what may. We will be leaving on October the 31st, deal or no deal. So... The, the more he said it, the more people became suspicious that surely that that doesn't exist then. <laughs> Here's Nigel Farage employing the fallacy in response to Boris. Coming into the studio this morning, I passed some really big billboards saying, get ready for the 1st of November. If your business imports and exports from the EU, you know, make sure you're ready. The government's spending a lot of money on all of this. But as yet, the man who said, we are leaving on the 31st of October, come what may, do or die, I'd rather be dead in a ditch than extend beyond the 31st of October. He didn't say, I'll do my best to get us out on the 31st of October. He didn't say, I will try. He didn't say, I'll do my damnedest. He said, we will be leaving on that date. And at some point this week, do you think the Prime Minister will apologise for misleading the nation? I don't think he will. I just don't think he will. But we're not leaving, folks. People will wake up on the 1st of November and we'll still be members of the European Union. This is an important thing to remember about fallacies is that although Farage happened to be right in this instance... Yeah. (laughs) It turns out... His reasoning was bad. Yeah. Yeah. He was still doing the fallacy and saying... Because he was suggesting that the, the, the amount that Boris keeps saying it and the emphasis with which he says it is yeah. the thing that makes it suspicious. There yeah. were plenty of reasons to doubt that we would get out by the 31st of October, yeah. not least among them the fact that they didn't have any idea of how they were going to achieve the things no. they needed to do to get yeah. out, yeah. like the Northern Ireland issue and yeah. many more. Those were reasons to say, well, yeah, it doesn't matter how many times he says it, it's not true. But saying, oh, he said he's saying it a lot, so so therefore it isn't true. So therefore, is, we will wake yeah, up the following yeah. day. We'll still be in the that's EU. That's still bad. That, that's, yeah, and it turns out he was right. An <laughs> extension request had been sent by the government to the EU earlier in October, and the UK didn't withdraw from the EU until the first of January, twenty twenty, after another election. So the other, <laughs> the other one is. See, I'm going to commit the commit the fallacy here. <laughs> Just talk about Brexit benefits because it's somehow it occurs to me that no matter how much people bang on about them, and I was listening to some of the LBC presenters who even fall into the same thing where they just bang on about them, but talk about them in such vague terms 
they say, yes, there are benefits. We just haven't seen them yet. And the more they say that, the the more I think (laughs) perhaps there aren't any to be seen. And if if you bang on about it so much, are you hiding the fact that there are none or we won't see them for 50 years or the ones that you're about to tell us about are things that would have occurred whether Brexit had happened or not? And in that last case... Here's Reese Mogg again giving us the lowdown on things that would have happened without Brexit. The NHS already had the 350 million on the side of the bus. That was delivered by my rival friend, the member for Maidenhead in 2018, with an extra £34 billion uplift to the NHS by 2023-24. Just think of the uh, vaccines that we ha- have and the success of the vaccine rollout programme. And I believe I mentioned earlier in the uh, the happy fish. Yeah, we, we talked about the happy fish that... F- Fish were happier after Brexit. Yeah, I can't believe that was one of his three examples. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, yeah. Like Money for the NHS, rollout. vaccines, fish. And so, so as, lo- as well as the, the, the heaping of lie upon lie to talk about the, the benefits, there's this kind of just weird scrabbling for stuff, like attributing happiness to fish in the first place, Uh and then saying that's as a result of winning back our international waters or our national waters, which were never under... Anyway, anyway, (laughs) so... I mean, there's certainly no no previous information linking the internationality of the waters to sad fish. No. That I'm aware of. No. No, and I'm glad for Reese Mogg's... Mm. Um, pointing that out, that there there must have been for him to be able to bring us piskine <laughs> happiness. Yeah, um, yeah, ichthyal happiness. Ichthyal <laughs> happiness. As a, yeah, uh, that wasn't on their list of, you know, take back control of the, and bring happiness to... Various water-dwelling yeah, creatures. Exactly. So uh, yeah. if there were so many of them, and they are abundantly yeah. obvious, why do people have to keep banging on about them? And the more you bang on about them, the more we suspect that there are none. <laughs> I yeah. think the thing is, and again, this is this is I made this fallacy up, so I get to say what it's what it is. So yeah. I think although you have said that you are committing the fallacy in this yeah. instance, I don't think you really are because it's about when the evidence is overwhelming in one direction. And because right. like my examples were of, mm. of you know globes versus the evidence for the flat yeah. earth and it's just yeah. the fact that there's so much globe stuff and it's and yeah. that's the point in in the brexit benefit case the the overwhelming evidence is our lived experience that there aren't any benefits the yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the nagging yeah. people who are saying no actually everything's awesome now is yeah. is not is not the mainstream narrative well it's the mainstream narrative in as much as it is politicians for the ruling party who are saying it yeah but the fact that a small group of motivated people yeah keep banging on about non-existent benefits things yes isn't isn't overwhelming it it isn't something that you should take on face value in in the face of all the evidence of no benefits whereas yeah the fact that society accepts globes because of yeah. The vast majority of scientists saying we are on a globe. Yeah, yeah, these are representations of that. Is evidence in favour of it actually being true. Right, got you. Yes, yeah. and so to use that as evidence of it being false yeah. is the fallacy yeah. being employed. Yes. That's my argument, and I'm sticking yes. with it. 
Nice. Sounds good to me. So my third example, we're going to revisit Corbyn's 2019 election manifesto, which listed a lot of... So it it falls kind of in the same category. But I think that the reporter, who is uh, Miranda Green, who's the Financial Times deputy opinion editor at the time, I think she commits the fallacy. Labour promised a hike in corporation tax alongside increases in income and wealth taxes, plus a list of nationalisations and a windfall tax on the oil industry, plus a fudge on protecting freedom of movement for EU citizens after Brexit, free university tuition for all, plus free broadband, and a lot of other free stuff that could prove tempting unless voters see this list as not credible, rather than, as Mr Corbyn would prefer, as radical. You see, I think that she is employing the fallacy insofar as these things can't be credible. There's a lot of of stuff here, and I'm using it as evidence for things that are not credible. So all of these things that they promised aren't credible. Yeah, it sounds like she's saying this all sounds a bit too good to be true. Yes, uh, from exactly. political promises in a manifesto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and the thing is that, in a way, she belonged to the movement because she's part of the mainstream media and the Financial Times at that. So it's all going to be kind of mm-hmm. financially. So you could either term it as Corbyn termed it as radical, yeah, or you could term it as not credible. Yeah. And because the narrative was that Corbyn wasn't electable, therefore his manifesto was not credible, consequently it became not credible rather than radical. Yeah. I mean it was it was viewed as it was viewed as radical because we talked about the Overton window moving way over to the right. So it was it was radical in the in face the of UK. what was going on at the yes, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest, in in the list of Awesome stuff. I I got distracted halfway through because she mentioned fudge, and I was like, mmm, fudge. No, they didn't really listen to the rest of it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. But the free free broadband. <laughs> well, they also do like privatizing water and the trains and all that. All those kind of things that people are kind of saying. Oh, now if only the water companies weren't just hell bent on making a profit, they would be pouring shit into our streams. And if only there was a wealth tax on, say, oil companies then we wouldn't be fighting yeah. I mean this yeah. is this is someone who wants to be in power saying I will do good stuff and the and the media yeah. going well that doesn't sound like politicians yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah good and stuff that turns, people want not then, bad stuff people so, don't want yeah and Ooh. then a mere a <laughs> mere suspicious. 4 years it's only 4 years <laughs> a mere 4 years on People are saying, oh, I'm really fed up with all the stuff that hasn't been done by this government in terms of windfall taxes for oil companies. Maybe the privatisation of the water thing was a bad thing. That should have been nationalised. You know, yeah, radical stuff like that. That's what we want. And they're now accusing Starmer of not being radical enough. Weirdly, because he's not adopting Corbyn's manifesto. Yeah, which over in Scandinavia, that's just normal politics. Mm. The Dutch 
So in the fallacy in the wild, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective. And uh, there's kind of a theme this week in mm-hmm. that there's three films and they're all awful films. <laughs> yeah. one, one of them is a little bit unfair because the other two are so bad that it's kind of not, it's by comparison, it's Oscar worthy. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, they're, but they're just shit. Well, the first one, the he first won one. Best Actor. Well, yes, yes. In his own sponsored yeah, award. Monaco but Streaming you... Festival. Because mm. it is Blackbird, the film which, which by the time you hear this, we will have enjoyed spending time watching with our patrons. Yeah. But yeah, Blackbird, the Michael Flatley film, in this scene, Michael Flatley's colleague nick is telling him about a background check they've done on one of their guests in a hotel we're checking this guy out clean as a whistle oh blake he feeds the hungry houses the poor perfect role model for society but something doesn't sit right when they think you're nobody's that good especially in his line of work <laughs> so we're, we're not currently at this point in the film aware of what his line of work is no uh, other than he feeds the hungry and houses, houses the, poor. the poor yeah 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 That's, but but so that there's the fallacy right there yeah even if you are in the <laughs> the hungry feeding poor housing business <laughs> If you do that, if you do what you do, because that's your line of business, there's something a little bit suspicious. Yeah. It doesn't. The fact that Flatley <laughs> just went in with the but, but said we could but, yeah. but nothing, but nothing. Yeah. What do you mean but? What? Do you, what? You well, he knows Nick. He knows yeah. Nick. He knows Nick is too suspicious to accept uh, someone being a good person. So yeah, for Nick, the the thing that convinces him that this guy is a bad guy is the fact that when they've done a background check, and these are former government secret service agent, like, spies, they've done a background yeah. check. When yeah. people like that do a background check, they're going to find stuff, but they found nothing. So that is evidence that he's a bad guy. Yeah. Because nobody's... Because all they found is yeah, all, he's all, a good Everything guy. they found yeah. is positive. Yeah. So, yeah. Clean as a whistle, therefore clean as a whistle. bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Not, nothing about his ill-fitting suits or anything. <laughs> the fact he's far too small for his clothes. Uh-huh. What yeah. does that say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, something suspicious about that. So, 
So our second example comes from the Jennifer Aniston Adam Sandler film Murder Mystery, which again vehicle I was going to call yeah, it, like, yeah, like a kind of broken down old like a, flat tired, yeah, bus. like a boat with a big leak. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're on a boat in this, and someone's yeah. murdered. Uh, he's a he's a cop. She's his wife. She likes murder mysteries, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That that's all you really need to know. And someone's been killed. Who do you think did it? I don't think so, no. Who? It was the son, Toby. No, no way. Not a chance. It's too obvious. Mm. Most obvious suspect is never, never the killer. The most obvious suspect is always the killer. When a wife gets killed, 90% of the time it was the husband. Why did you just use that as an example? Uh, And I disagree. I think people are more complicated than that. Judging off of what, those books that you read? People are simple, okay? It was Toby. He had the most to gain, and he also had the most to lose. Which is exactly why he's not the killer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the one with the motive and the opportunity Uh and the the means. The obvious one. That's that's the way you know it's definitely not him. Not them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's how policing works. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. They go for, well, you know, well, (laughs) far be it for me to cast aspersions (laughs) on the, uh, yeah. But they do seem to arrest the wrong people along the way, or maybe that's just those kind of cop shows that we watch. (laughs) I quite liked, actually, that she said, well, I disagree. No, no, those are the facts. (laughs) (laughs) But you could disagree. You know, a heated, heated exchange of views over the weekend about facts versus opinions and so but no facts are facts surely there are there are things such things that are facts and then there are people's opinions about them they don't alter the facts you you well i don't agree with you well, <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether you agree with me or yeah not. facts don't care that, about your feelings no facts <laughs> facts facts are either a quick if only we could quote the talking head song right now and i suddenly gained an insight into what's the philosophical question when a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there is there sound i think that it's a question about that there are truths that don't rely on humans to exist so though and those things are in the realm of facts and the fact that humans come into the equation makes the interpretation of those factual things into opinions. So the tree falling in the forest, of course there's sound, there's just no one there to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is something we could get into, but arguably Mm. the tree falling causes air vibrations yeah it's our brains that turn those vibrations into sound they right they vibrate right. our eardrums and then right. and then create sound as a perception right so yes. yeah it doesn't have to be humans but yeah. i would say there has to be some receptor of some kind whether it's a recording device or an animal or something yeah. otherwise i'm not sure it's a sound yeah but surely that just records the sound so you're recording the thing well the the receiver so, essentially the microphone yeah. has a has yeah. a diaphragm which vibrates yeah. in the same way and turns that electronically into 
the thing we yeah. recognize as sound because when it plays it back through the vibrate things on speakers yeah. or headphones, our brain turns it into sound. Yeah. At no point on in that process is it technically, in my opinion, a sound until a person hears it or until a thing, ah. a, an animal hears it. Okay. It's air vibrations turned into electronic signals turned back into air vibrations by the output yeah or, or if you shove a, a human there then the the air vibrations make the diaphragm move which turns it into electronic signals yep. that then get interpreted by your brain so ah, ah, not ah. quite so easy is it <laughs> 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 but, but, there's, ah, but i think mm, mm, yeah yeah anyway anyway yeah <laughs> Uh, this is a bad film. It's not quite as bad as the other two, but it deserves yeah. its place in here. And yeah. yes, Jennifer Aniston is arguing that it is the obviousness of one particular character that means he can't be the killer. Yeah, and the more obvious that it is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the less likely is it. Which is never yeah. true. To give yeah. her a tiny bit of credit, mm. she's in a murder mystery film. <laughs> And therefore is right because that's the rules of murder mysteries. Murder mystery films, yeah. Because otherwise, you don't get the Poirot esque. Yeah, it would be super shit if the it's end. the most yeah. obvious person in in a in a murder mystery. Because it'd be over in five minutes. Yeah, within the universe in which she is playing by these rules, arguably she is being accurate. But if this, yeah. imagining this film is set in the real world, she's yeah. wrong and bad. Yeah. At what she's doing which is also true in this film <laughs> yeah speaking yeah. of things that are wrong and bad at what they're doing yeah our third example is inspector gadget 2 the straight to video sequel i didn't even know it existed of matthew broderick's already bad inspector Cause I, gadget because yeah, i was thinking oh is this matthew broderick no it's the guy our third no, rock no matthew broderick wasn't prepared to come back for this film right Right. In fact, no. The only person who came back from the from the Inspector Gadget was yeah. D. L. Hewley, who plays the voice of Gadget's car, the Gadget Mobile, and, wow. and presumably that's only because he did it because he could do it from home and it was easy. Yeah. But Didn't everyone else was like, yeah. "Fuck that! I'm not being in another one of those." And and it, <laughs> it consequently is worse. Right. And, <laughs> right. I mean, the bad CGI is only matched by the bad writing and bad acting and bad everything else. Yeah. yeah. At the beginning of the film, because, spoiler for Inspector Gadget, Gadget caught Dr. Claw. Right. There isn't any crime now where Gadget lives. Right. And so he, he starts the second film like this. Wowzers, it's quiet. <laughs> Too quiet. And when it's this quiet, you know what that means, Brain? Evil's afoot. Yeah. Yeah. It's quiet, too quiet. Yeah. I don't that like That is yeah. quite a significant trope, <laughs> to yeah. the extent that there's yeah. a page about it on TV Tropes, and, right. and there's a, a supercut on YouTube of people saying it's quiet, too quiet. Uh, with plenty of examples. Brilliant, yeah. But yes, the idea that it's too quiet, in some cases, arguably, could be a reason for being suspicious if you expect there to be activity. If you go into a yeah. crowded shopping street in London in the middle of the day and there's no one around yeah. and you say it's quiet, too quiet, arguably yeah. that's not fallacious, that's, that's reasonable because there should be activity, stuff should be happening. 
in yeah. a like a dinosaur movie type thing. If <laughs> right. if there's general animal noise in the forest, yeah. and then all the animals shut the fuck up and go away, yeah. again that could be a, a reason because there's a giant predator around and they're yeah. being quiet. So there are times when it being too quiet is plausibly cause for concern. Or, or like a forest with lots of trees falling down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and nobody there. Nobody there. Yeah. But in a situation where you have locked up the person who was doing all <laughs> yeah. the crime, and now there's yeah. no crime, that's yeah. not suspicious. No, it's quiet. Too quiet. How yeah. I like it. End of film. Exactly the right amount of quiet. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Job done. End of film. Mm-hmm. I am intrigued because I didn't even know that existed. I don't it's don't seek it out. Too. Honestly, okay. it was it was tough for me to watch enough of it to get that clip. <laughs> wow. So we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news. The game where I read out three trunk quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. See, now the problem is that over the last few episodes, you've written them in such a way as to make me think that the game is going my way. So, I mean, just look at the scores. Several of them are in my favour. I don't like it. I tell you, <laughs> I don't like it. Everything points to a deliberate to a deliberate ploy to make me demand to start losing again. Damn it! I see your strategy. <laughs> right, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna thwart you and start losing. Mm, well, yeah. that'll teach me. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't like it. It's our examples too, this week. Too quiet. Uh, yep. Our quotes this week come from uh, Trump's recent rally in Rapid City, right. where he did all of his usual stuff, mm-hmm. but with added stuff about his recent indictments. Oh yes, yeah, just yeah. a bit. Add add new stuff, and the rest of it was was the same old, same old. Yeah. So yeah. starting off, then number one is the whole indictment thing. He said. Joe Biden's ordered his leading opponent arrested on 91 fake and phony charges. 91. How many charges are there? But we're going to ask for dismissals of a lot of it, most of it. It's just, you ask for dismissal. It's called dismiss the charges. But remember, it's a Democrat charging his opponent. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. That means that if I win and somebody wants to run against me, I call my attorney general, I say, listen, indict him. Well, he hasn't done anything wrong that we know of. I don't know. Indict him on income tax evasion. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Statement yeah, number two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. The polls you see aren't real polls. We have the polls, and I'm leading by a lot. I know none of you would ever look at the New York Times. I call them, I used to call them, the failing New York Times. But actually, I think they failed. They are the failed New York Times. They make stuff up. They made up a thing I said about Panama. They didn't put any of the context. But in the real polls, by the places that do, you know, the right kind of polling, you've never seen anything like it. It's like something nobody's ever seen, and people have seen a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like he says something, and then he catches himself listening to it, so he kind of repeats what he's just said, and like it's the first time he's ever heard it. And and then comments on it. Yeah, you like you've never seen anything like it. It's like nothing anybody's seen. It's like, and, uh, people have seen a lot. But is that, there's a, a tribe, a three-handed conversation going on inside his head. Wow. And yeah. uh, statement yeah. number three, he mm-hmm. said, I said to Kim Jong-un, 
you know, being a real estate guy, it's just sort of natural. I said, you have the most beautiful shoreline. Think of it. You're between China, Russia and South Korea. Look at the beautiful shore. You could have the most beautiful condos that you've ever seen and become rich as hell. You don't have to live like you're living. But he's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. And he just loves collecting nuclear weapons. That's what he does. He collects nuclear weapons. And we got along incredibly well. What? Right, yeah. So, yeah, I'm just going to look at the coastline in North Korea. And <laughs> I think, yeah, you could ruin that. You could you could like, make a lot of money. Do you think he isn't as rich as hell? Oh, Kim Jong-un. <clears throat> okay. You don't have to live like you're living with your fat legs in your straight trousers. Uh, okay, right. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I've got to work out which, <laughs> which one's not real. Uh-huh. Uh, well, uh, see, I'm trying to hear the cadence of the thing and I'm trying to spot the uh, the, the gym, gym style jokes, but I think you've, you've toned down the kind of the, the non-secretary leaps in order to make it sound more convincing. Uh, arg. See, I'm quite, quite convinced by the indictment one. Because that, that's almost he's almost workshopping that, isn't he? He's kind of, kind of working. It's a new thing, so he's he's workshopping it. So it's not quite as slick as the others yet. Uh, collecting nuclear weapons. Oh God. Okay, so on in, all right, on that basis, I think number two is the one that you made up. Okay, and yep. which of the others are you more convinced by? More convinced? Oh, it's a strong word. More uh, the number one, the the indictment dismisses the charges. Okay, yeah, and number one, yeah, is real. Joe Biden's ordered his leading opponent arrested on 91 fake and phony charges. 91. How many charges are there? But we're going to ask for dismissals of a lot of it. Most of it is just, you ask for dismissal. It's called dismiss the charges. But remember, it's a, it's a Democrat charging his opponent. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. That means that if I win and somebody wants to run against me, I call my attorney general. I say, listen, indict him. Well, he hasn't done anything wrong that we know. I don't know. Indict him on income tax evasion. You'll figure it out. But he has done something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going to ask for dismissals of a lot of it. Yeah. Most most of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Not all of it. You can ask. It's just you ask for dismissal. It's called dismiss the charges. <laughs> it's called, yeah, but you can ask all you want. It's yeah. not called dismissal because you just what the? Why are you doing that with that <laughs> emphasis? It's like ninety-one fake and phony charges. But yeah, ninety-one. How many charges are there? And yeah, it is. It's the kind of it's Archie Bunker's aged <laughs> grandpa again. They lap it up. Yeah, they oh love it. Oh, my God. They were loving it. Actually, well, they were loving select portions of this speech. For a, for a lot right. of it, the audience were just fucking stony-faced, bored. Right. 
but at times when he's but a few of the hits were like yeah yeah yeah, get yeah, we remember that that. Kind of yeah yeah seeing born in the usa again <laughs> yeah do that one yeah yeah the people turning to each other when he's coming up with this stuff and going yeah i prefer his earlier stuff <laughs> yeah. i prefer the, the, the old russian thing yeah, yeah they were good yeah that, that was good <laughs> the perfect phone call i love mm. that one yeah this stuff with the yeah. i hate that bring back hillary yeah <laughs> do the do the hillary stuff yeah Lock yeah. her up. Yeah, lock her up, lock her up. <laughs> so uh, you also thought number three is real? Yeah, not quite so confident. But and yeah, number three? Yeah, yeah. It's real. I said to Kim Jong-un, you know, being a real estate guy, it's just sort of natural. I said, you have the most beautiful shoreline. Think of it. You're between China, Russia, and South Korea. Look at the beautiful shore. You could have the most beautiful condos that you've ever seen and become rich as hell. You don't have to live like you're living. But he's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. And uh, he just loves collecting nuclear weapons. That's what he does. He collects nuclear weapons. And and uh, we got along incredibly well. He just loves collecting nuclear weapons. <laughs> he just loves That's what he does. He collects <laughs> nuclear weapons. Mm, I want a blue one now. I see you've got one with stars and stripes. Yeah, can we get one with the, like, the little red star? Yeah. You don't have to live like you're living. What the... What? He sounded weirdly him. like Quint in that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> start singing yes, Ladies of Spain. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I narrowed my eyes when I said it. When I, when I Think of it, you're between China, Russia and South Korea. 1,800 men went into the we water. Get, <laughs> yeah. So it means you've won again. Hey! It's your unstoppable uh, well, that uh, means, momentum. Yeah, so, obviously, or, or is it all just a there's, trick? There's a, yeah, <laughs> it's all just a trick. Yeah. It does seem a bit suspicious, the, the yes. sudden winning it. It's, it's proof of something. Yeah. yeah. But I did really like that. See, I was nearly taken with... You've never seen anything like it. It's like no, <laughs> something nobody's ever seen, and people, people have seen a lot. Uh-huh. It's just... It's, it's so well observed. <laughs> Nearly had me on failed New York Times. Don't know why I didn't choose it. Mainly because yeah. I wanted to believe the other ones were true. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have had some guesses oh, yes. on Patreon yes, yes. and Facebook on Patreon. Uh, yep. Anders and Will both say number three. Collecting nuclear weapons. Yeah. Yep. One person was basing it on a subtle difference in font, which I don't think, I think I made them all the same font, but maybe the JPEG uh, made it an artifact thing. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, can't, yeah. can't base no. on that. <laughs> they put those things in deliberately. You yeah, can't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I'll just make the, make the fonts add a bit more kerning. Yeah, yeah. One of them, just see if it gets you next time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, put some serifs <laughs> on one of them. Yeah. Invisible Unicorn went for number one. It seems that would be the easiest to make up. Yeah, yeah. And then Stephen Bickle said, number two, yeah. said, I don't think Trump ever cares about context as long as he's being talked about. That's just a fair point. Nice, yeah. nice. On Facebook, Molly said number three. Yeah. Nick says number one. Yeah. And Scott said, I'm going to pick number two. That way one of us is sure to be right. <laughs> <laughs> good, good thinking. Mike Thunder says two. Mary says, I think I've heard him say three, so I reckon two is fake. Uh, Simon oh, says okay. number one. Yeah. And Peter says number three. I don't think Trump is that stupid to say stuff like that, but I hope it is real because he might just be that stupid. <laughs> Brilliant. You get to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> he, no, he is. That's my kind of reckoning. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is is based on. I just wanted to 
hear him say that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, if you can hear the gaps for the audience, that's one for, mind <laughs> you, Jim puts those in as well. Mm. So Yeah, I think about that one. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> so yeah. if you'd like to join in, then you can do that. You'll have to just be there when we record and happen to catch it on Facebook or Patreon. Join in. See if you can beat Mark. And, and well done. Some people... Yeah, some people did. Well, did. no, they didn't. No, you some also, people agreed with well, some me people and agreed with you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But Marvelous. people have beaten you in the past. So, yeah. So yeah. there's you always see, that possibility. It's all a plot. It's all, it's all <laughs> yeah. a plot just to make me think that I'm better th- at this than I am. <laughs> this is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. <laughs> And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! (sighs) Smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. So it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called School Vouchers Are Not a Logical Fallacy. This is amazingly corrupt, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, you, it kind of, you kind of think, oh, yeah, this is quite a good thing. Well, this is, yeah, this is the thing, because we don't have a similar kind of system here. School vouchers are a, yeah. are a contentious issue in the US, and it was something that right. I didn't really understand or because, as I say, we don't have a similar kind of thing. The the mm. only thing I knew about school vouchers until I started paying more attention to American politics yeah. is that in the West Wing, like one of the very early episodes, they were kind of lobbying for school vouchers and the, and oh, the yeah, Bartlett yeah, administration yeah. were saying, no, this is not something that we're going to, you know, what we want to do is make public schools all really good. And, yeah. you know, public yeah. schools should be palaces and teachers should be paid like kings. That yeah. that was like Sam Seaborn's argument. If you don't know what school vouchers are, basically it is quite popular among Republicans. It is quite unpopular among Democrats. Yeah. And in large part, it is about giving students the amount of money as a voucher, essentially, that would be paid, or some of it, or in some cases all of it, that would be spent by the state on their education. Yeah. On In the understanding, those ones are not going to go to a public school. They will yeah. be going to yeah. a private school, or in some cases be homeschooled. On its face, just in that bit of information, it sounds like, okay, that kind of seems reasonable. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're not using those public resources they get essentially a kind of like a tax rebate, essentially. They get a refund. They get that yep. money that they can then use for the education of their, their own education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. In some cases, those vouchers are used for transport to a better public school further away. So it's still used for education, but those those students then still get the use of that taxpayer-funded public school. So I don't really quite understand yep. how that works. But the argument against this is that essentially those private schools are getting taxpayer money. Those private schools are being run for a profit, and many of them are religious schools. Those schools are getting money that that is from taxpayers that is supposed to be in the public school system. The public school system is dramatically underfunded to the extent that a huge number of teachers end up just buying uh, material for their classrooms out of their own money. They are... Uh, I mean, in Florida, 
the um, which is where we're talking about. This is a thing. This is a story about DeSantis and school vouchers in Florida. Uh, and in Florida, teachers are underpaid compared to the national average, mm-hmm. and still they buy materials for their students because they're under resourced. Because the, yeah, absolutely, the schools are not the schools resourced. don't have the money yeah. for the yeah. teaching equipment and resources that need to go on those public school students. Yeah, so teachers end up paying for that stuff out of their own pocket. And where some of that money is going is into school vouchers, which are being given to students to not go to public school, Yeah, which they're paying for-profit academies, private schools, religious schools, and in some cases, homeschooling. And the people that issue the vouchers, it's not the government itself. They get paid by the government. They yeah, get yeah, incent- it's funded by the ins- government. It's funded by they taxpayer. Get, they get incentivized to have as many students as they can get. So they want to expand the student body that receives the vouchers. Yeah. So they've just changed the rules, haven't they? So that it's, it's, it's an expanded and increased... So it's, it's no longer... They're no longer not available to privately... Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, kids. is that... Um, Traditionally, and in mm. in the, and one of the main arguments by conservatives for school vouchers is that they end up in the hands of uh, lower income and minority students, and enable yep. them to have choice of where they send their kids to school. Yeah, and it means that if you are uh, in a, a low income area and your schools are bad, because those things tend to go together, They're underfunded. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. then you can choose with this voucher to either, you know, travel to a an, another area and go to a better public school. Yep. Uh, you can go to a private school, or you can homeschool. Yeah. The reality is that even in, within that system, where they're aimed at, and often there are income caps that say, you know, you have mm-hmm. to be below this income level to right. to qualify. Even yep. then, seventy five percent of those go to students who are already at private schools. Wow. Just the way it works is is yeah. this isn't helping kids get out of low performing pub- public schools into private schools this yeah. is giving money back to people who are already finding ways to send their kids to private schools and because the problem is that the low performing or the badly performing low funded yeah schools are because the money is shoved into these... Well, some of the reason, part of the yep. reason is that the money is shoved into these voucher schemes. If they didn't shove it into the voucher schemes, just funded the schools, yeah. then they wouldn't be bad, sufficient for you to use your voucher to bust them out to another school. Absolutely. The vast majority of private schools, um, the, uh, the vast majority of parents of students at private schools can afford those fees to send their right. kids to the private schools. And so where so income caps are taken voucher. away from yeah. these kinds of things, yeah. all you're yeah. doing is essentially giving rich people money, yeah. which is what the Republican Party is all about and why they're quite popular yeah. among Republicans. Both uh, that yeah. and also um, kind of funding religious schools under the table because the, yeah. the taxpayers can't fund religious schools, mm-hmm. but they can give uh, families school vouchers, which then end up paying for In religious, religious schools. schools. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a way to get around that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And this particular story, although some of those private school students are 
included in this mm-hmm. is about the personalised education programme that is due to a new law that was signed by Ron DeSantis last year, yeah. where this is aimed at homeschooled students. And right. um, the thing is, if you teach your kids at home, you need resources. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair that shouldn't be income-based. There, there are reasons yeah. to teach your kids at, at home. Some of yeah. those reasons are bad and evil, <laughs> yeah. um in yeah. in as much as like you you don't want them to be exposed to the idea that gay people exist etc yeah um we talked books and literature ex- exist yeah we talked a few months ago about an, a no- literal nazi homeschool organization yeah. who were yeah. providing uh, lesson plans based around praising hitler yeah that kind of thing not a plus in my opinion. No, no. Um, but there well, are legitimate to be given reasons. Vouchers. Yeah. yeah, there are legitimate <laughs> yeah. reasons to homeschool your kids. I think it does skew towards conservatives and religious people because they generally are ones who have more of a problem with public education being yeah. too woke and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there are, there are low-income people with super intelligent kids who aren't getting enough out of the the public school system can't afford to send their kids to to private schools yeah. and have either the skills or are prepared to learn the skills to yeah. uh, help their kids thrive themselves. That's yeah. a good thing, and it shouldn't be um, reliant on those people having enough money to be able to buy the resources to do that themselves. Yeah, because you'll you'll need the kind of stuff that the teachers yeah. in public schools are having to buy because yes, there isn't enough money. Yeah, you want to be you need to be able to afford to buy those the textbooks and the you know, the paper, the pens, yeah. and the whatever. Yeah. So I do kind of feel like there should be some system that is set up to support low income homeschool families. Yeah. Yeah. This system, however, gives <laughs> yeah. $8,000 annually to homeschooled students' families. Yeah. It was set up to be uh, limited in the first year, 2023 to 2024, to, to 20,000 students, but then expand right. by 40,000 students every school year wow. after that. Wow. So, so quite rapidly. And there isn't an income cap. Oh. So it isn't just for low-income families. Some of it's these people who are doing it were already homeschooling their kids and could perfectly yeah. afford to do all of that and had all the resources yeah. that they needed to yeah. do it. They just now get an $8,000 a year from wow. from Florida, from, from the, the state. And there is a, a kind of set of things that you can apply for to be covered by that money, mm-hmm. some of which seem a bit more educational <laughs> than others. Right, yeah. B- books and pens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That kind yeah. of thing. Uh, also, apparently, games consoles, for example, is something that is that is covered for students with special needs. Right. Yeah. Which again, there are plenty of really good educational video games, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a potentially useful thing, especially yep. for students who don't necessarily learn in a traditional way. Things like outdoor activities, swing sets, foosball tables, skateboards, yep. those kinds of things. Again. Yeah. It, it, it can be useful for students to to have that physical activity that they might not otherwise have the opportunity to have and that that also benefits their learning and and yeah. so on so there are there yeah. are reasons to have these kinds of things um tvs is a thing that is apparently included which again i can understand if you can't afford a tv yeah. there are very useful educational programs that you yeah. can access I don't necessarily know that they need to be specifically up to 55-inch TVs. 
<laughs> yeah, that to replace to replace an, an old, old one, one that wasn't yeah that could use replacing. Yeah, that seems maybe a little excessive. And a screen and a projector. Yeah, yeah. The one that's got the most <clears throat> kind of publicity and yeah. probably led to this article in in popular information. This is Judd Legan's blog. Is Disney tickets, theme park tickets, which apparently are now a thing you can use your your eight grand to pay for. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you kind of think, okay, a field trip. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't begrudge well, because, uh, it being yeah. used for 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 trips out, like field trips. Yeah, yeah educational visits to museums, that kind yeah. of thing. I've been yeah. to Disney. I did guided coastal walks. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. I've been yeah. to Disney <laughs> in Florida. It was good. Yeah, I didn't learn. Exactly. I don't think Educa- my kids learned anything experience. particularly. Yeah, other than the Mickey Mouse I'm not, is yeah. real. I'm not ruling out that there is possibly some educational benefit from that. I, I also like I was saying about homeschooling shouldn't yeah. be income dependent. This is a thing I don't feel like should be something that is subsidized for people because because that's so that's that's, taxpayers money going to sending families to disney and then going going to a massive corporate enterprise yeah yeah one that that desantis is famously at war with yeah which is a bit strange yeah but um but also the um the people who are using their school vouchers to go to private schools. It, mm-hmm. uh, essentially, if they have any money left over, they're allowed to spend it on this kind of stuff too. What? Yeah, it's weird that, <sighs> first of all, he has, uh, DeSantis has specifically, um, with this new law that was signed last year, eliminated the income cap, so it means it doesn't, it, this does not target wow. low-income families, um, yeah. but also dramatically widened the amount of stuff you can spend these this money on to the to i would argue at least some of it outside of what is most beneficial for their education yeah Um, and i would definitely say it is not most beneficial for the students of florida as a whole no no because this money is when you add it up ending up being billions and billions of dollars that are not going into Florida's underfunded schools. If the taxpayers' dollars coming from the right wing went into welfare, which includes arguably, includes, um, you know, the mental and physical well-being of people just as much as their education, they were... You know, on the part of the left, if the left were saying, "Yes, we're going to tax, we're going to take your tax dollars, and we're going to plow billions of dollars of it into the education system and into uh, physical education and mental well-being classes and resources, and we're going to allow people to go on field trip," the right would explode yeah. and say, "This is that's an awful waste of taxpayers' money. How is it?" The other, well, it's yeah, like you hit on the nail on the head earlier. Is it giving money to rich people? That's the thing. They begrudge. That's the thing. They begrudge yeah. poor people getting money. Yeah, yeah. Without, you know. Yeah. Well, no. Even working really hard for it, they pretty much begrudge that too, because yeah. they're constantly against raising the minimum wage. So yeah. then they're not okay with people working really hard and getting paid if they're poor. 
um, yeah. or getting paid fairly. But don't, don't they are, they are. It seems okay with com- handouts be... for this kind of stuff that that yeah. that Pe- isn't people used be able for to its being able to buy purpose. an eight hundred dollar Lego yeah. set for for Christmas, and that you know, to, the little clip that was on Twitter or whatever. The thing that annoyed me, two things that annoyed me. One of them was trying to work, try, asking advice, you know, on Facebook or wherever. Yeah, it was a Facebook group. It was a Facebook with... group set up for parents go, yeah. who were in this scheme, yeah. Could I get away with spending $800 on a Christmas present for my kids? And you think, okay, yeah, building blocks and all that stuff. Lego was built as an educational toy. That's quite cool, yeah. But to buy an $800 set for Christmas yeah. out of a voucher. And the second thing that annoyed me is that there is no plural of Lego. <laughs> well, I mean, many of our listeners will disagree with that. I agree, obviously. Yeah, it's a it, it's, it's Lego it's just Lego, Lego bricks. Legos is not a thing. No, there is. They're not. Yeah. They're not a. They're not an, a noun. <laughs> they're not a, an object. They're, you have Lego bricks. They're made by Lego. Yeah. And Lego means let's play or yeah. something like that, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So apart from that, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Just, yeah. It's just this kind of. <laughs> it strikes me as being as self-entitled sometimes as mum's net is. Just these people arguing about, oh, God, I can't get oat milk. Yeah, absolutely. In, in my corner shop. It's awful. Something ought to be done about it. Yes, the man in Waitrose was very rude when Tarquin knocked the avocados over. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Unacceptable. I, and I, I've, I've asked I, for him to be fired. And I can't get my... <laughs> Can't get my ponies feed to, to there anymore. They simply don't have it. They won't deliver, and I'm nearly three hundred yards away. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's what this story is about. Basically, is rich oh, assholes in Florida giving other rich assholes money that should be going into the school system, but is going to line the pockets and of calling it. Um, yeah. yeah, entitled massive, people. Massive, yes, and calling it education vouchers. Yeah. So that, and then, and at the same time. Florida teachers are the you know underpaid. It's costing this thing if they're expanding it by forty thousand tunes a year. That's billions upon billions of taxpayers' dollars, and they don't mind because it's going to other rich people who are going to spend it on Legos. Yeah, just to give you a, a some scale. Doug Tuthill, president for Step Up for Students, which is one of the organisations uh-huh. that awards vouchers. Again, funded by the state government, therefore the taxpayers, yeah. Yeah. tweeted on 26th of August, as of 9am this morning, we have awarded 410,365 full-time scholarships and 20, wow. 22,545 part-time scholarships. Scholarships, in wow. this context, is just another word for school vouchers. So that, right. is, that is almost right. half a million, just that that organisation. Yeah. And there are other organisations. And again, that's just in Florida. With students... Families getting eight grand of taxpayer money a year, yep. many of whom, at least 75% of whom, were already in private school. And they were managing perfectly well. They were well doing it without subsidies. Yeah. Without the subsidies. Yeah. And now they're going to vote for DeSantis. Yeah. And just as a bit of a caveat, not every parent who has their kid at a private school is doing brilliantly for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my yeah. kids was in a private school for a couple of years because yeah. his local public school was yeah. not doing a good job. 
And right. we did everything we could to get him into a private school for as long as we yeah. could afford him to be at a private school. And it was tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we couldn't really afford it. And, and in you know, we ended up moving to an area where the schools were better. But the point is that, um, yes, I recognise that. In, there are going to be individuals in those places where yeah. actually they are struggling. There are they are in need of assistance, and that is the best thing for their kid, and that's why they're doing it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But in many more cases, it is people yeah. who don't need this money, and they're getting it over people who do need it. And that's why it ought to be means tested. That's Absolutely. why there's yeah, yeah. a cap. Absolutely. You know, so if there are people struggling. Because otherwise, if they're not, then that's going to mean that the distribution yeah. is, is going to be less available for the people that are struggling because yeah. it's all it's being spread across people that, that don't need it at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Means testing income caps are the very minimum that should be in place for this kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and again, a lot of people, and I can't say I disagree with them, are against the concept of school vouchers. Because what yeah. it ultimately does, the people it, it benefits are the private schools. Yes, it takes it out of public, public For-profit organisations yeah. that don't then... And, and it doesn't increase outcome. It doesn't, no. it doesn't actually help those kids, though even the ones who use vouchers and end up at private schools. It doesn't increase their test scores or anything like that. There, there no. have been studies, like since 2018... That, that in various states, in D.C., in Indiana, Louisiana, Louisiana, Ohio, that show that actually test scores drop from students who move from their local wow. school to a either further away public school or a private school that may yeah. perhaps be not a great private school. You know, they're yeah. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when they are subsidised by taxpayer money, they yeah. don't necessarily have to achieve the great things. When, yes. when a private school uh, lives and dies on its results... They have yep. to achieve, and that is what gets rich people to send their kids to that school. But if yep. they are just getting funded by by the government, by, by taxpayers, yeah. um, they don't necessarily need to keep up those standards, and not all private schools are, are the same. Some of them aren't great, and and the ones that are great aren't necessarily the right places for all kids. Yeah. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. One of the rare bipartisan accusations levelled against Fulton County DA Fanny Willis recently has been that indicting 18 people is overly broad and complicated. The left says this out of concern that too much focus on minor players might distract from the charges against people like Trump himself. The right says it because they'll latch on to any bullshit they can to avoid acknowledging Trump's guilt. But the release of the special grand jury's report from December of last year has shown that Willis has actually been pretty cautious in only indicting 18 people since 39 indictments were originally recommended by the grand jury, who spent eight months looking at evidence and her testimony from around 75 witnesses. That was enough for them to recommend charging people like Michael Flynn, Lindsey Graham, former Trump lawyer Lynn Wood, and former Georgia senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, under the same RICO laws that were ultimately used to charge Trump and friends. There are many possible reasons Willis decided not to follow the recommendations of the grand jury. For some potential defendants, she may have felt that she would struggle to get conviction, while it's possible others have been given immunity in exchange for cooperation. One thing we can enjoy for now, at least, is that it's quite likely the Fulton County 18 were carefully chosen because the evidence against them is the strongest. <laughs> Ted Cruz, that moderate, thought-through, quiet, calm, all-embracing, people-person kind of guy. You know, think... 
Keanu Reeves, but Times 20, went on TV this week to caution against the adoption of more stringent recommendations regarding the consumption of alcohol in order to alert the nation to the ongoing health risks by pointing out that recommendations veering so far from a country's cultural norms might have the unintended effect of making people not take them seriously at all, even if the recommendations are scientifically sound. No. No, he didn't. Of course he didn't. Instead, he willfully ignoranted down the facts and pumped up the fear and loathing on the socials, accusing Biden's administration of forcing everyone to drink only two beers a week, adding, kiss my ass, as he tore the top off a beer and chugged it down in front of a barroom full of rednecks. Sufficient red mist was made to descend across middle America that no one now needs to check that George Koob, director of the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, when asked which way the health recommendations might be going from the current two beers a day, recounted that Canada are running an experiment where their recommendation is two beers a week and that future recommendations in the US would probably not be going in the direction of up. Nor do angry 10-gallon hat-wearing plaid-shirted Bud Light swiggers need to note that the NIAAA employed Koob as a scientist, and he's not a Biden administration appointee, and his recommendations are just that, recommendations. They're not laws, they're not enforced in any way, in fact, they barely even carry any weight of stigma. The same two-a-day recommendation has been made since the 1990s, but you probably wouldn't be able to find any evidence of that in the drinking holes of the USA, except perhaps, oddly, in the one where Cruz was foaming at the mouth, because everyone in the background who all had to swig on Cruz's cue looked like they've never held a container before, let alone touched a drop in their lives. Word of advice, Ted. Don't hire your location manager from the local temperance society next time, eh? (laughs) Noted thinker Donald J. Trump theorised back in 2016 that it is possible to win so much that you get tired of winning and beg to stop. For him, that's very much still a theory. But for us, it's being put to the test every time an Oath Keeper or a Proud Boy sees the inside of a courtroom. We've been reporting back on the nice long sentences they get and we'll keep doing it until it stops being fun, which I'm thinking might be never. (laughs) Yep. Up this week is the proudest of boys, Enrique Tarrio, who was offered a plea deal by prosecutors in October, which would have seen him sentenced to nine to 11 years in prison. Of course, they should have known that he would be too proud to accept that. It's in the name of the group he led, for Christ's sake. I like to imagine that when he turned down the deal, he flipped them off and said something like, fuck you coppers, I'll see you in court. But whether that's true or not, I'm pretty sure it's true, he was found guilty, and when it comes to sentencing, Tario apparently ain't too proud to beg, pleading with the judge, please show me mercy, I ask that you not take my 40s from me. But the judge did, and then took his 50s too, sentencing Enrique to 22 years in prison. Wow. The longest sentence yet connected to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. And in a twist, likely to make Trump's arse pucker just a little, apologies for that visual, Tario <laughs> was sentenced based purely on his leadership role leading up to the insurrection as he was not even in DC that day. I, for one, am not getting tired of winning. Yay, winning, winning. <laughs> in a tale about a hideously brash, loud-mouth exploiter of the unwary to their way of thinking, thereby dragging them down to an eternal quagmire of calculatedly fiendish shaking of the foundations of civil and societal behaviour for their own ends, Lauren Bobert 
went to see the new musical stage version of Beetlejuice in downtown Denver. Asked to quiet down by members of the audience who also complained that she was using her phone to record the show, Lauren received a warning from staff during the intermission and after doing the same again in the second half, was escorted from the theatre where she declaimed, don't you know who I am? I'm on the board. Yeah, go get the cops. I'll be contacting the mayor. While she denies vaping in the theatre, her campaign manager told the Denver Post, I can confirm the stunning and salacious rumours in her personal time. Congresswoman Lauren Bobert is indeed a supporter of the performing arts, gasp, and to the dismay of a select few, enthusiastically enjoyed a weekend performance of Beetlejuice, adding, Lauren encourages everyone to see the play and its fantastic cast, tremendous visuals and plenty of loud laughs. But he added, with a gentle reminder to leave your phone outside the venue, and your firearms, eh, Lauren? Even as a member of the behaviourally deceased, you don't want the detector beeping again like at the Senate House. Oh, and if you're going to see the show slash vote for her in 2024, be careful not to summon her up from the undead accidentally. Boba, Boba, bo- oh, oh, shit, that was close. <laughs> It's taken them a while, but Republicans are finally getting the message that not everyone is on board with their so-called pro-life policies. Yes, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, they've suffered a disastrous midterm and seen definitive votes in favour of reproductive freedom, even in very red states. So they got some pollsters to take the pulse of the electorate, crunched some numbers and got together in a closed-door meeting last week with some Republican donors. Once they saw the cold hard facts, even they couldn't deny that something has to be done. What they've been saying and doing isn't working. It's only driving people away, so it's time for a fundamental change in their stance on abortion. So here's what they're going to do about it. They're going to stop calling themselves pro-life and come up with another name for it. Yes, their takeaway from the fact that almost 90% of Americans think abortion should be legal in all or some circumstances was that people either didn't like or didn't understand the name pro-life. In a way, you can understand why they might think that, because it is, after all, a bullshit euphemism designed to make the pro-forced birth lobby sound less fascisty. But I'm not sure they fully grasp the issue. Platonic ideal of manhood Josh Hawley said on NBC News, many voters think pro-life means you're for no exceptions in favour of abortion ever. Ever. And pro-choice now can mean any number of things. So the conversation was mostly oriented around how voters think of those labels that they've shifted. Yes, I wonder why they think that, Josh Hawley, senator from Missouri, where abortions are currently banned with no exceptions for rape or incest. It's a real fucking head-scratcher, that one. (laughs) No word yet on what the GOP might come up with to replace the phrase, which is single-handedly losing them elections, but Senator Todd Young of Indiana is in favour of pro-baby, which is pretty fucking rich for the senator for the state ranked 47th in pre-K education enrolment, 45th in infant mortality, and with zero paid parental leave. What you mean, Todd, is that you're pro-fetus. But if that phrase worked, (laughs) they would never have had to come up with pro-life in the first place. (laughs) Jesus. Democrat-backed judge Janet Protozowicz officially joined the Wisconsin Supreme Court in August. This raised hopes amongst Democrats that the High Court could be more receptive to a lawsuit alleging that the current state legislative and congressional districts provide an unfair advantage for Republicans. Basically, Wisconsin is gerrymandered to hell to aid the right. 
Days after she took office in August, Democrat-friendly groups filed two lawsuits asking the Supreme Court to toss out the Republican-drawn legislative maps. GOP leaders quickly asked that Protozeowicz recuse herself, pointing to the donations from the Democratic Party. She was on the receiving end of some $10 million in Democrat donations. However, in 2010, conservative majorities in the court approved a rule that allowed justices to hear cases involving their campaign donors, and the rule was written in part by the Wisconsin Manufacturers and State Board of Commerce, the WMC. It has spent more than $2 million to help elect Chief Justice Annette Ziegler, who voted for the measure as part of the then-conservative majority on the court. Three years earlier, Ziegler refused to recuse herself from a WMC-backed case in which she wrote a majority opinion, resulting in hundreds of millions of dollars in business tax refunds. A conservative justice, Rebecca Bradley, wrote an order in 2017 rejecting a call from retired judges to create a recusal standard for cases involving donors. And now she, too, has called out Protozeowicz for not recusing herself from the redistricting challenge, which she also maintains will shift power away from the Republicans and bestow an electoral advantage for Democrat candidates. Oh, the boundary-shifting irony. So... What we're saying is the right has form in this area. They claim it as their own. They're being asked to recuse themselves from cases where there's a clear vested interest is a violation of their First Amendment rights as far as they are concerned. Except, of course, if you're a Democrat, and then if you don't do what they won't do, it's an impeachable offence. If only the Wisconsin Chamber of Commerce sold pots and kettles. But see, they're not going to get the irony embedded in that joke either. Time for a quick court roundup, and I'm delighted to say that, as usual, it's been a very bad couple of weeks for Trump and his lackeys. <laughs> First of all, the judge in Trump's civil defamation case in New York ruled that he is liable for defamation of E. Jean Carroll for all the things he said about her after she beat him in her first defamation case against him and was awarded £5 million in damages. The ruling means that the trial, currently scheduled for January, will purely be for a jury to decide exactly how much Trump owes her this time. <laughs> On the same day, Trump, two of his kids and the Trump organisation lost in their bid to delay the civil fraud trial currently scheduled to begin in a couple of weeks. But they didn't just lose, they lost so hard that the judge didn't even bother to type out a ruling. Instead, on the bottom of Trump's proposed order, he just wrote, "Declined to sign, defendant's arguments are completely without merit. <laughs> the next day, Trump advisor Peter Navarro was found guilty of contempt of Congress for failing to comply with a congressional subpoena which required him to testify in front of the House January 6th committee and turn over documents. He claimed he didn't comply because Trump had told him he should assert executive privilege, but Trump did not back that up, either to the court or the January 6th committee. Sentencing will take place in January, and Navarro faces anywhere from a month to a year in prison and up to a $100,000 fine. And rounding out the week the very next day, former Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows' bid to remove his Georgia case to federal court was rejected, with the judge finding that Meadows was not in fact acting within his role of Chief of Staff when he conspired to overturn the election. It's not great news for the other four defendants who have also filed requests to remove their cases to federal court, nor for Trump, who's expected to try that too. Yep, still yep. not tired of winning. <laughs> wow, so he wasn't acting within his role of chief and of staff no. whilst he's conspired. No, no, the judge Funny didn't enough. accept I was just violating the Hatch Act yeah. while I did those things. I did, but as part of my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. that's all. Weird. Yeah, it's perfectly within my, yeah. Mm. 
Well, it's been a rather sweary week or so in British politics. The Education Secretary Gillian Keegan moaned on a live mic that no one was thanking her for doing a fucking great job whilst everyone else sat on their asses when a reporter held her to account for the government doing nothing about the schools falling down because of the rock concrete and because Gove axed the Labour Party's building schools for the future scheme in 2010 to save money. Speaking of which, Dominic Raab, only one letter difference from Raab, but also a flaky, aerated, collapsing, no-good foundation for building the economy of a nation, is trying to save money to be able to offer tax cuts to the three or four remaining rich people who are going to vote for them next year by axing the planned and way overdue and way over budget HS2 high-speed rail link from Birmingham to Manchester. Manchester Mayor Andy Burnham quipped, levelling up my ass, and... <laughs> Penny Morden, Tory leader of the House of Commons, last seen wearing the Poundland logo as a dress at the coronation of Charles, described Keir Starmer as Beach Ken. Yeah, she's not seen the movie. And <laughs> furthermore, as having no balls. How do you know when the government has run its course and is doing that very COVID-era thing of quietly quitting? When people resort finally to swearing at everyone and doing stuff that makes you swear at them. It's time to go, people. Vote off, vote right off, and when you get there, vote off some more asses. What the fuck? He's not Beach Ken. He's Ken, and his job is Beach. Exactly. What the? That's, yes. What does she think it is? She's never seen the movie. Yeah, unacceptable. I know. <laughs> exactly. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com. And if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. And you could support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our straw man level patrons, Laura Tomsick. Renee Zed, Schmutz, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan, who told us when we met her at QED, we can just call her Amber, and our true Scotsman-level patrons, Stephen Bickle, Melissa Sytek, Janet Ueta, Kaz Tui, Andrew Houck, and our top patron, Lauren. Thank you so much, everyone, for your continued patronage. It really is very much appreciated. You can connect with those awesome people, as well as us and other listeners, at QED in Manchester this coming weekend. Yes! Or in the Facebook group, at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump. All music is by the outburst and was used with permission and we will be playing this coming weekend. <laughs> Not at QED. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. And rounding out the week the very next day, former Trump former Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows bid to <clears throat> I should write these, like, as if I'm going to say them. <laughs> Not just read them. Yeah. Yeah. And rounding out the week, the very next day, former Trump chief of staff... Fuck me. 